Welcome to our After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Our podcast is here to help teachers and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. If you work in education and looking to improve or develop your skills, then this podcast is here to help you. Hi there, and you're listening to the After the Bell podcast brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Georgie McIntyre here. I am Director of Learning and Development for the Classroom Partnership, and I'm proud to join you and focus on our new series of podcasts, which are designed for teaching assistants and people that work with teaching assistants as well. I'm joined today by Andy Bridge, a current deputy head teacher, and Debbie Davis, head teacher of an independent special school and experienced SENCO. In this series so far, we've looked at the SEND code of practice and also considered how schools are currently deploying TAs, as well as looking at the impact this can have. In this episode, we're going to review the evidence for how TAs can have the maximum impact when providing in-class support. We know that when this is done well, with planning and a clear strategy, it can support vulnerable students to make significant progress. This podcast explores how this can be achieved so that TAs can have the biggest impact possible on the learning of the students they are supporting. So in their recent report into making the best use of TAs, the Education Endowment Foundation made four recommendations for schools to consider when looking at the use of teaching assistants in the classroom. Debbie, the first of these is that teaching assistants should not be used as an informal teaching resource for low attaining pupils. What what does that mean in practice for schools? Well, thank you and welcome uh, everyone. And thank you for this opportunity again, Georgie and and Andy. Um, It's a great question. Um, What does this mean in practice for schools? Well, low attaining students should be a priority for teachers to engage with not just the teacher should never just assume that the TA can support them and the teacher should focus on on other other students. The teacher should be focusing on the most vulnerable students and low attainers um, as much as they possibly can. Never left alone continuously with with a TA. Uh, Schools need to um, very clearly define the role of a teacher and a TA so that everybody is crystal clear on the expectations of each role in the classroom and the rationale behind this. We, we all need to understand our roles so then we can execute them with precision and excellence. In 2016, the DfE commissioned professional standards for teaching assistants, and this sits alongside the teacher standards. For me, these could be a great starting point for school leaders to help them really consider the pedagogical role of TAs and also help them design what we've talked about uh, in past podcasts to design a CPD framework that is actually bespoke for for TAs so then they can gain the best professional development possible. Absolutely. I don't think it can be underestimated how important it is to actually give teaching assistants the time to to professionally develop themselves. So thank you for sharing, Debbie. Thank you. You're welcome. Andy, recommendation two seems to sit alongside this, that we should use TAs to add value to what teachers do rather than replace them. That that sounds like common sense, doesn't it? How, How much... How does that look like in schools? Hi, Georgie. Nice to see you again. Um, it, I, you know, I think it is common sense, but it's come 
on the back of that finding that we talked about last time where um, teachers were kind of inadvertently almost ignoring their SEND students thinking that the TA would support them, they could get on with other students. Um, so this just reinforces the idea that that support from the TA isn't instead of the teacher. It needs to be in addition because those students need extra support rather than just a different kind of support from another adult. So for me, um, this, this builds on the idea that the TA shouldn't be working for long periods of time alone with a, an individual or a group of students. That's the role of the teacher as well. Um, and in their report, the EEF gives um, a number of interesting strategies really about how TAs can be deployed in a really creative way that will support them to maximise that progress the students can make. So to give different examples, but some include like rotating roles where you maybe divide your class into three, one group that's going to work with a teacher, one group with a TA, one group of students that work independently. And then as you move through the week, your different lessons, those groups swap round so that by the end of the week or the end of the half term or whatever period you're working over, everybody in the room has experienced support from the teacher, from the TA, and as well as having that time where they try and work independently. So I think that's a really interesting model to look at. Um, other suggestions include asking the TA to be at the front of the room and using them to scribe and model answers on the whiteboard. Um, and that means the teachers then not got their back to the classroom while they're writing on a whiteboard. It can give them that opportunity to really maintain their eye contact and scan the room. Um, or another approach they recommend is kind of training and supporting the TA to rove the classroom to, to get amongst the students and identify who it is that's really struggling and then alert the teacher so the teacher can then go and provide the support, but the TA has been the locator that's kind of foraged around, if you like, and, and identified that, that struggle. Um, I think they're all really good ideas. I just think they all really rely on staff having some kind of teacher to TA agreement, some kind of framework that a school puts in place so that the teacher and the TA know exactly what's expected of each other and how they're going to communicate. Otherwise, none of those strategies will probably work well without that agreement in place. It is back to that team approach again, Andy, isn't it? And and very much the TAs being an, an, a further pair of eyes is sort of sensing what's going on and being able to sort of just gently touch base with each of the, the, the students that are really, really needing help. Is there anything you'd want to build on that, Debbie, at all? Um, I think really for, for, for me, Andy's covered the main areas and given some really specific examples about how, how that can work. I would like to perhaps elaborate on what Andy has said about the modelling element and the scaffolding. So, for instance, one of the best lessons that I ever observed was where the teacher actually treated the, not in a disrespectful way, but treated the TA as a student could you please write the date and title on the board and would you kindly underline it very neatly and wait for that to happen and that was absolutely fantastic for those students uh, with SEN in terms of cognition and learning particularly for their literacy and the young the young people and students could look up at the board and watch the TA and the teacher was then freed up a little to progress with the others who didn't need that e explicit support and that just jumped to my mind when Andy was talking there. That that makes complete sense. And, and I think that li links back to what you were saying about schools clearly defining what a teacher's responsibility is in the classroom. 
and what the TA is responsible for. So understanding what that difference is. And I think we talked last time about how sometimes TAs might inadvertently make students depend upon their spoon feeding. So that's also really good to actually see them doing a bit of modelling as well and getting down and involved. Um, what do the EEF recommend then for the third strategy of how to build developing student independence, Andy? Yeah, do you know what, with this one, I think there's nothing secret about this. It's just exactly as we've trained teachers in how to promote student independence. So there's a course on Thirsty Scholars on um, developing student independence that would be so relevant for TAs just as much as it is for teachers. So it's similar strategies. It's making sure that TAs know how to create an independent learner rather than just assuming that they know how to get the students to that place. Because without that, as we've said, the, the focus might be on task completion rather than that promotion of independence. Um, we've looked at research by Fisher and Frey about an I do, we do, you do model, where either the TA, the teacher shares an example, then maybe the TA does the next step with the pupil, but then the third time round, the pupil is very deliberately working independently. Um, and that's an example of how we remove scaffolding over, the, over time rather than keeping that scaffolding up because otherwise the student does just become really dependent upon it. Again, train, train TAs in questioning. We spend a lot of time training teachers in how to question well, but TAs need to be aware as well. How do you question in a way that probes? How do you encourage deeper thinking and understanding um, rather than asking closed questions all the time or asking questions where you then go on and provide their answer yourself? So lots of strategies, but basically just investing in training as we've talked about um, you know, TA, TAs are working with some really vulnerable students that absolutely like they, they should have access to the very best training so that they can support those students. Not only do the TAs need that, but also teachers need training in how to deploy TAs. And I think sometimes there's that disconnect of maybe a TA who's waiting for the teacher to deploy them and a, a teacher who doesn't want to look patronising and condescending and not respect the experience of the TA thinking they probably know the student really well, they'll know how to get on with it and actually the two aren't working in partnership. Yeah, excellent. Thank you, Andy. There's some really good examples there. And and yeah, ab absolutely. We've got so many different sort of trainings here that we could offer. So I'm looking at sort of some of the things that we've got available for TAs as well around sort of knowing what collaborative learning is, as an example, um, sort of understanding actually how to promote reading for pleasure, which is sort of very much English focused, but actually is so important throughout um, sort of building, you know, skills and independence. Um, and as we've sort of reflected on before, awareness of metacognition and also effective behaviour management. And we've got those both sort of, you know, if we're having to work remotely because we're still having those situations and uh, or, or in the classroom as well at the same time. Um, and there's also a number of um, formal qualifications that we've got available here at Thirsty Scholars that actually teachers and um, potential teaching assistants can go through. So a school can support and fund for a certificate for higher level teaching assistants or certificate in supporting teaching and learning in schools. All of these are really, really great foundational investments in the development for teaching assistants. Um, so I, I would highly recommend actually researching what we've got available to sort of see if that would fit with any of your schools. And please feel free to uh, drop me a message on my LinkedIn profile if you want to find out more. 
So Debbie, your fourth recommendation is about sort of helping TAs to be really well prepared for their role in the classroom. And I kind of touched on some of the development aspects um, and we, we're talking about sort of training and development. But what other creative things have schools done to support TAs with this? That's a great question, Georgie. And indeed, many schools have been exceptionally creative in how they've approached supporting TA development. So as, as Andy mentioned, adjusting TA hours so that they can access CPD before or after school is, is very easy to do, but highly impactful. Um, and being creative with timetabling, for example, inform time or, assemb or assembly time, TAs uh, use time for their own preparation and planning and reading ahead on lesson resources. Reading ahead on lesson resources and giving them that time will enable them to, to stamp their own creative um, methods within the lesson because they, they do have their talents and they, they can grow them if they're aware of exactly what they need to be delivering. Some schools have managed to timetable PPA so that T TAs actually join teachers as part of the PPA session. And it's interesting, Georgie, that, that you mentioned collaborative learning. And, and this is about uh, collaborative um, work that happens from uh, colleague to colleague. Uh, and that is really, really powerful when it works well. So the TA would be fully briefed on what's coming up in lessons. And I know we've touched upon that and, and the intended learning outcomes and how they can best support. And they'll understand the profile of that child. In addition to that, some great pieces of work that I've seen are where we actually have a QA process for the TAs. So for instance, drop-ins and learning walks and the opportunity for TAs to do some peer observations. So the sharing the good practice of the, the really strong TAs to help those TAs who might need support in a specific area. And that's been something that I, I would definitely advocate for schools to think about. So just going back for any kind of layman's listening, what, what does PPA stand for, Andy? Oh, sorry, Georgie. Planning, preparation and assessment time. So the non-contact periods that a teacher gets um, to do their planning and marking and assessment in. We love an acronym, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so that's some really great ideas and shows where, what is possible when we try to be creative with our approaches. So thank you for sharing those, Debbie. They're wonderful. And, and rather than just doing what we've always done, it's great to sort of try some different strategies. Um, so, Andy, Debbie, have you managed to incorporate any of these into your settings? Because you've both got very different settings, haven't you, um, in different sort of working environments. Andy, what, what yeah. opportunities have you had? So my my school that I work in is a mainstream secondary school. Um, as I've said, we, we've made a change to TA working hours um, so they can engage in that CPD. And I think um, one thing I've just been very conscious of this year, as I've said, is looking at our CPD budget and I've analysed the percentage of that that we spent on teacher development as opposed to um, support staff roles, including TAs. And, you know, you might expect that there is a greater proportion spent on classroom teachers than, than other roles. But the skew was really out of sync and it made me feel a bit uncomfortable when I reflected that actually, as a school, we haven't been investing um, in the way that I would like us to in mm -hmm. support staff roles. So, that's definitely a change I've made for the ne next year, having teaching assistant and support staff CPD much higher on, on my agenda as a leader and 
being aware of the provision, developing that um, and, and ensuring that we're investing in that. And as one more example, we're not there with it yet, but we've rolled out this year instructional coaching as a method for helping our teachers get better at their practice. Our next step that I'm asking our leaders to look at next year is how we can then roll that out further to include TAs. So that, as Debbie said, they're getting regular feedback, they're getting regular bespoke um, guidance and discussion about their own practice and making those incremental steps to improve their own effectiveness in the classroom. Debbie, what would you build on that? Well, uh, to to be honest, I think that's a that is exactly how how it should be looking in in schools. For me, examples of good practice that I would cite that we've we've sort of like brought into our our establishment is it's about sharing good practice. So we've started with the lesson plans of teachers, which incorporate. A specific brief for each TA and that brief is given to the TA before the lesson begins so the the TA and well in advance so the TA can you know give their own creative stamp work um, work towards the the plans as, uh, as the teacher wants them to unfold and it's about that preparation time but also when you do have a, a, a TA and we do have TAs on many occasions or absolutely fantastic within a classroom situation don't leave them to work as an island use their skills allow people to come and do peer observations of them and celebrate their work so an example of excellence what i i saw firsthand in in one school um, was that during a, a carousel of cpd one of the sessions was how to use a ta effectively in classrooms and all the members of staff went to the session and within that session the teacher and the TA who had an incredibly brilliant relationship delivered to the staff as if the staff were students and they saw exactly how that relationship unfolded in class and the modelling, the scaffolding, the support, the, the as Andy said, going round and finding out what was happening, who needed support and when you see it like that it, it's very powerful. Absolutely. It just sort of shows how how just in those little tiny baby steps, you, if you invest in in spending the time with the TAs that actually you, you can really take everybody on that journey. Um, and I love that concept of actually a TA isn't an island. Actually, they need to be part of the team. They need to be involved. So uh, thank you. That's hugely um, valuable. And Andy, if you've got any final kind of top tips before we wrap up today's podcast. I think my it's not uh, not a top tip for such, but just to kind of keep on people's radar and awareness that um, TAs won't have an impact just by recruiting them, like just saying, oh, yeah, we've got some TAs, they're working with some students that alone won't have an impact. Like we need to be really aware and really deliberate about how we're using them, what decisions we're making, the research that's underpinning them. Are we putting the right training and support in place to help the TAs be effective? the teachers know how best to deploy them. And, and without all those things, TAs could just be a really expensive resource that aren't going to have much of an impact. Whereas if we get this right, the potential is massive. The workforce of 4.4 billion is, is incredible. So you think of the size of the number of TAs that we must have out there. And if we have them all trained and developed to be as effective as they possibly can be, the difference that it will make to uh, pupils learning and student impact would be you know hugely we can move mountains so 
let's get behind lists and let's try and invest in our, our TAs a lot more. So based on these recommendations, then schools can implement these and, and it will have a massive difference to the impact that TAs have. We know schools are spending that money on those roles. So it just requires a little bit more effort and time investing in the strategy for training and development. And once we've got that, it makes complete sense. It's really a missed opportunity if you don't and uh, a missed opportunity for helping students with SEND to really accelerate their progress and also to uh, you know, other pupils in general. So in this episode, we've focused on how TAs can be really effective when they're inside the classroom. Um, whereas next time we're going to look at TAs and their role and how they can be effective when they're outside of the classroom as well and sort of outside of mainstream education. So increasingly, TAs are being used to deliver specific interventions and other out-of-class support to students. So these interventions are only likely to work if they're selected and underpinned by research demonstrating their quality. If the implementation is carefully planned and if the TAs are trained and supported to deliver them to a high standard. So in that podcast, so next week's, we'll be exploring how teaching assistants can achieve success in this aspect of their role. You can pick up our After the Bell podcast that are released on a weekly basis and provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational. And you can listen to that as your focus of the day on your daily commute or if you're on the treadmill, if you're feeling healthy and fit and active. Thank you to Debbie and Andy for joining us both today. Uh, You've been listening to After the Bell. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.